0: Hello and welcome to the stateside soccer show. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Logan. How are you doing, Logan?
1: Ah, uh, like I said, I'm I'm living the dream, Jordan. Things are looking up, so I'm really excited about, about the future. But that's enough talk for me. Uh Jordan, how are you doing? I, I know we were catching up just a little bit before the show, but how was the how was the skills competition? Yeah. How did that all
0: fair? Yeah, that was cool. Um we got down there Uh, So the way it worked is it was all the seats were 15 bucks. I think it was general mission. So when you walked in, we got there maybe like 30 minutes ahead of time um, with traffic and where we parked and having to walk from parking there and everything. Um, But what they did is they just started seating in one section and then they would just go around the thing. So we kind of ended up, Kind of near the corner flag, uh, behind the goal that everything was happening on. So it was a pretty good spot, a uh, pretty good spot to see and everything. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was short. Um, I was always wondering, like, how long is this going to be? It started at seven thirty. The real skills competition really only started at eight. Seven thirty, they like introduced everybody. They started goalie wars, which is where they do these MLS Next Pro. Um, two goalies going up against each other and they see how many goals they can score. And it's like a, I don't know what you would call it. Like almost like a half court. Like if you're watching like a half court basketball game, but it's full court. Right. But it's small is what I mean. Like small. And uh, the guy who won uh, was from, I believe Austin. And he was just abusing the throw. Like goalkeepers could use their arms, you know, like throw it like they do in the game or they could drop kick it or just place it and kick it. It's like three minutes or something and see how many goals you get in that time or whatever. And uh, the way to win was throwing it. I mean, seriously, that just, uh, he had such good control on it and he was, had such velocity on it. And it was surprising. I thought throwing wouldn't work that much, but he also had so much more control by throwing it as well. Uh, because I think you can, place it better you know than than using your feet so that was cool to see um but that started at like seven thirty. they did like three or four of those games and so they did like the first one at seven thirty, and then they kind of introduced everybody skills comp started at eight we got to the point where it was like 908 9 18 something like that yeah i think it was 908 and they still had two competitions left uh, the passing challenge and the crossbar challenge. And I was like, "Oh, maybe we're not getting done until 10. It actually finished uh, 20 minutes later. Um, Those are two kind of shorter comps, I guess. And I always wonder what happens if the, like the crossbar challenge just keeps going, right? Like if nobody ever hits the game winning one, like do they just keep going or they, they have something in the back of their pocket. If this is like an hour later, they're like, nobody's hitting this thing. Everybody's exhausted. Flip a coin or something like I really wonder what what their idea is, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, Unfortunately. We did not win Uh, and neither uh, we didn't win the (laughs) we didn't win the uh, all star game either. Uh, So we were both wrong. We had them winning at least one of those things, but did not happen. Unfortunately, Um but yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I had I had a good time there. It was awesome. I recommend it if it's uh, gonna be continue to be a thing. If people want to go, just see the skills competition. It's a totally different thing than just going to see a game. Like it takes about the same amount of time, and it's just cool seeing like different skills and you know, um, not being on like the edge of your seat on a game. You know, just being like, oh, this is just fun, relaxed atmosphere. One thing that kind of got me though, Logan, I want to know your habits when you go to a game, okay? Because, like I said, at, at nine oh eight or whatever, I know there's only two competitions left. But, that the, but people were still going down and get concessions, like, and coming back up with their concessions at this crossbar challenge right when they win it, and I'm like. what you guys couldn't wait another couple minutes. Like I didn't understand like how people are going about it. Cause the way I approach this and I try to approach it whenever I go into any game, it's pretty much get there early, get food. And then, you know, especially soccer games. I don't move until halftime. I go to the bathroom, come back. Don't move until, and you know, full time. In this, there are little breaks that you can kind of take between the competitions. They don't like immediately start it. Um, but the way I approached it, I came in there, uh, we got seated because we were worried about, you know, it's all general seating. So you just run up and get your spots pretty much. And then you, you have like, I had my parents there and my wife there. So they were able to hold spots if we went to the bathroom or whatever. And like, after sitting there for a couple minutes, right before they start introducing everybody, right after the first goalie wars or whatever, I was like, all right, now is when I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to grab two pretzels and i booked it back to my seat and i got back up there while they're introducing everybody and then i didn't move until end the end of the skills challenge and then i went to the bathroom but i mean what's your kind of strategy when you go to events like this
1: no that's a good question i think everybody's a little different and i always wonder this too i always like I wonder what, uh, and I sit there thinking, I'm like, I wonder what Jordan, like, uh, like, what does he do before a game? Like, so typically what we'll do is, uh, Orlando city has, uh, the city bought a parking lot that used to be like season ticket holders. And now it's, they do give it to some of the season ticket holders. Like you can buy a whole season pass or through the city. It's only 20 bucks. Like it's cheap. And I'm so used to like, you and I are so used to like baseball where like parking's nuts, like parking can be an ordeal in the NBA, NFL baseball like it just depends on where you are too um, and what kind of stadium you're in but usually we'd get there like i don't know i usually try to get there at least 30 to 45 minutes before kick um and then what i'll typically do is i i like to do a lap around the stadium just for fun because i know i'll be sitting um and i just like to kind of see the sights and hear the sounds i don't know i just love that smell i love that feeling that you get before a game that anticipation watching the you know the grounds crew work on the pitch um or work on the field um, but typically what i'll do is probably about 20 minutes before the national anthem um, or leading up into the national anthem i'll go to the bathroom we usually go to the bathroom and then like i'll go grab food and i usually i like stock things up like a squirrel um during because i don't want to like leave mid-game um and baseball is easy like you've got in between innings and of course that's always a nightmare because the concession stands are long um the lines uh but like typically i'll stash food like i usually will buy popcorn to start the game and then Uh, like m&ms or something like that that won't typically melt as fast um or something like that and i kind of keep it like under my jacket or whatever i bring used to bring a rain jacket because it rains here all the time um but yeah typically i'll do that and then at halftime i'll go to the bathroom and then back in my seat with uh, probably another snack um and another bottle of water but yeah like I, i always just like i don't know i store snacks I don't like to get up during the middle of the action. Like I, I never did get that. Like when people take off running in the like eighth inning, I was always really confused as to like, you could wait. Like how how can you not wait? Like I now I we used know. to like, do I that.
0: Just... Like we used to do that when we were kids. Like my parents yeah. would be like, It's getting late, like it's eighth inning, it's ten nothing. Like you're going. Home. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, uh, we're going home. Yeah. But yeah. I'm
1: talking like the people that like it's a three two ball oh, game yeah. Or, like a, a nil nil, but it's like back and forth, and all of a sudden people just get up. I'm like, Where are you going? See, like, Like, if I I have to get up
0: in a baseball game, I'll usually try to do in the top of the inning if if we're the home team, so that way I'm not missing our at bats. Is kind of the way I go about it. But soccer, yeah, I try not to move at all. I mean, it's less than two hours, right? It is less than two hours. You're sitting in your seat. It is really quick. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. We went to the Oriole game last Saturday. So like, we went Saturday, and then. Tuesday was the skills challenge. So we only had like two days in between of not doing stuff, but um, it was a giveaway night for Oriole soccer Jersey. And it was, um, they opened up gates at two hours early. So we actually got there two hours before first pitch and then got our giveaways. They had like cheap, uh, they had like happy hour beer and like popcorn and stuff. So like mm-hmm. we got popcorn and then, Uh, we just sat in our seats for like two hours before the game starts, um, watching batting practice and stuff, but that was cool. But yeah, it's, uh, it's always fun hearing how different people do, uh, you know, game days and stuff. Um, all right, but let's, let's dive into it here. Logan, the weekend lived up to the hype, I think, especially Friday as we got Messi's debut. And the U.S. Women's National Team playing around the same time. I had one on my phone, I had one on the TV, and I was just laying in bed watching all the action unfold. And uh, you know, the first half with Messi, I had on the t- I, well, I had on the TV. He wasn't playing yet, but the women's game wasn't on yet, so I was like, I'll have that on the TV. And then once it was g- getting ready to start. I flipped over to the, the U S game and missed the goal from, from Miami in the first half. Right. And then that's happened while I was pulling that up on my phone. Um, so then I went that and that was my second screen. The whole time was my phone with, uh, Miami playing and then, um, watching the U S women's team who win against Vietnam. And like I think we can talk about what was the big major story, right? Messi. Made his debut. So does Sergio Busquets. Make his debut. I thought it was actually earlier than I thought they were going to do. Once he didn't make the squad, I thought maybe they'd give him thirty minutes. But he came on with like forty minutes to go, pretty early in the second half. And when him and Busquets came in, the game completely changed. I mean, it was end to end. Cruz Azul was, you know, getting some shots off and and stuff, and it was. You know, really good performance by the goalkeeper calendar because he was keeping it. He was man of the match, really, um, keeping it level. And the way that League's Cup works, remember, everyone, is that if it's draw, which it was, it was a 1-1. One, one, um, and what happens then is if they go to, they don't go to extra time, they go right to penalties. And each team gets a point, And then whoever wins the penalty shootout gets an extra point. And this is how they're kind of navigating when you only have three groups in it, in a, you know, in only two games for each team or whatever. They have to figure out a way to make it a little easier. But anyway, free kick, Messi comes up. I don't think anybody needs me to tell them what happened because I'm sure everybody knows. But Messi puts it in like the top left corner and... Uh, wins it with the last kick of the game it was it was absolutely amazing because it had that vibe that i felt like it was going to happen i was like wouldn't it be insane if he just scores us right here and then boom in and and i i couldn't believe it but i could you know like i saw that ball hit the back of the net and i was like no way it really did that no way and i think i yelled out something like he did it and Joy's like what are you talking about i was like Messi, you just won the game for them she's like is that good I was like, yeah, I guess. I mean, like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, oh, sure. I don't know. Sure, (laughs) I guess.
0: I mean, (laughs) I'm not a Miami fan, but they're playing against a League of Mechies team. So and just the moment it set up was was really perfect. I mean, this Miami team, Logan, is really interesting if they can somehow squeak in the playoffs or even if they just make noise here in this competition, because even though people were kind of skeptical about Sergio Busquets coming over here due to his age and stuff. I mean, he was making passes. Nobody else could on that pitch it, out of shape and older. Uh, he comes in. He's just making, he makes like a nice, what is it? Like one, one touch pass. I think it might, it sets up Messi for a chance at something and it doesn't pan out, but like he just knows where to get in the space. He knows where to make that ball to find his teammate and Messi, And you add Jordy Alba to this team and the potential of Luis Suarez at somehow they're going to have five DPs and it's going to be okay but um it, it's just amazing that that is a possibility and just instantly how much more fun these two have made this team like when I was watching like yeah the first half was fun still it was back and forth I was really worried Cruz Azul was going to just blow him out because there are so many chances that Cruz Azul had that I was like, Oh, this is not looking good for Miami. And then somehow Miami takes the lead and then, you know, they give it up, but then, you know, Messi and and Busquets arrive and they win the game. And I mean, I, it's like, you couldn't write a better script than this. It was amazing. So I've talked enough about it, but Logan, I'll let you kind of talk about, where you were and and what happened with this messy debut.
1: I think the the biggest points of the night that you missed, Jordan. Kim Kardashian was there. Oh yeah, kid, and LeBron. You no, know, Apple TV really. <laughs> that was so funny to me. I was like, okay, I get it. LeBron would have been the one I'd have shown, and Serena Williams. Like they are athletes, they are the top of their sports. They're there to see Messi, so it's kind of like the the top of the U.S. Like, and Serena lives there. Like she owns part of the Dolphins. Like she's always in Miami. Yeah, but like, but the fact that LeBron and Serena Williams break from their day to fly down to this game, and with the chance that he might not have even played, like there was some speculation that he might not play. Like, I don't know. It was just, it, it would felt have been weird. Like, it was like, With yeah. all of this, like LeBron's in the house, <laughs> and, and
0: Tata's just like, no, right. yeah. not today.
1: Tata's like, mm, he's just not saving for guys. Atlanta.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah that's like, a big yeah. match for Tata. Is it the hits, Atlanta yeah, game. Like, ah. And Joseph. Oh, man. I, I'm just, yeah. I just thought of that because I've been excited for it just to see more Messi. And now I'm like, oh, crap. There's a lot more there in that game.
1: Yeah. No, but I think what you said was right. Like uh, and I was, I was sitting there thinking it and people were probably like, "Oh, you're lying." But I was like, "He's going to make this." Like it, it just has it's so close to the box. It, it's in a perfect spot. I'm like, it, "He's just it just seems like this is exactly how it's supposed to be. Like this is exactly what the soccer gods wanted. The the script writers couldn't have written it any better. Like the the fact that this is just going to be a highlight in the season a moment in time for i think uh, inner miami fans like the amount of the magnitude of this moment i think and people are like well it's messy he's at the end of the career i'm like you don't often especially in this sport jordan like you don't get the best player in the world uh on your team and the fact that he's donning the pink flamingo and and the brutal heat of the scorching sun of miami like in a stadium that was built i'm pretty sure with matchboxes like i i think like it it just it seems so fitting and like you said when sergio busquets comes on when messi comes on i I don't know if you felt this way but they made cruz azul which is one of the best historic teams in mexican soccer when he they made them look like they were on skates half the time like that whole midfield was like what the hell do we do with this like Busquets was putting balls off the, the backside of his foot in between defenders like it was uh, just a pickup game. Like he and Messi, there was one time Messi like got the ball and he does that thing where he just kind of like dribbles around and they can't get to him. So they're just like, I don't know. They're like slide tackling, trying to get to him. There's guys going every which way. Uh, and then, like you said, and he, he mentioned it too. Messi was like, Joseph Martinez is really good. Like, he's got a lot of skill, and I'm really excited about he playing He was with playing
0: him. off of Messi yep. so well this yes. quickly that if they if he just is onside a little bit more and times his runs yep. just a little better, and it's it, and going to come because he's going to get more used to when Messi's going to make the pass, right? So, like, and Messi's going to know when Joseph's going to make the run. So uh, a reason why Joseph's getting caught offside a lot on that is because they're still finding that out. Once they find that out, Joseph's going to get unleashed, Messi's gonna get unleashed. Like, they're gonna pass to each other, they're gonna make some good attacks. This is really exciting. I mean, you talked about how you may never see that Joseph again. I think we're about to see that Joseph again. You know, like I think he's healthy again. I think he's under Tata, who is like a great manager for him. And now having Messi and Busquets making balls to him, I mean, that's gonna be insane. Uh seriously, if, if they don't do anything this season to get up the table, next season they're gonna be they're not the best team in the east i don't think uh they could be though i mean they really could it's going to take a lot of the surrounding pieces to get them there but look uh I mean, this is this is what's so interesting about major league soccer you'll have you know messi dedicating a game to a homegrown player for for miami that <laughs> nobody you know, you, you don't even Nobody think knows. you don't even think Messi knows yeah. who he is, and right. there he is, and you're it's like that kid
1: over there in the jeans. I don't know what's his name. <laughs> what what is he? <laughs> I mean it's I just picture that
0: it's insane. Uh, when you look at the differences between him and Ronaldo at this point, right? Where Ronaldo is uh I, I think it,
1: excuses well, yeah, and I think it also <laughs> took him a few games to
0: score there, and it was also it like yeah. he, he it wasn't enough to win the league even for them here. It may not be enough to win the league, but I, shoot. I mean, they're pretty far in the Open Cup at this point, and they also have Leagues Cup. They they're might win a trophy, <laughs> uh, inner miami um, So this is the start of a new era for not just MLS, but for inner miami because, like I said, you have a new coach now, no more Phil Neville. You have a coach that has MLS success, that has some players that uh, are going to fit into his system um and you have this the the world-class quality that's going to be able to bring those i I saw some people you know some fans that i follow that are not miami fans just being like i think this is a little being oversold on how important this move is but i think this is the biggest move of course in in major league soccer history um and, and just having it be the fairy tale ending of that first game is absolutely insane It makes me really excited for Tuesday Tuesday is a day that I was thinking I might go to the movies right and then I saw oh wait no Tuesday is Miami versus Atlanta so I'm gonna be sitting at home on Tuesday watching that there's no games today unfortunately but the women's play that day too women play Wednesday. I, say. I thought it was tuesday uh from what i looked up uh i looked it Maybe up the I'm. other day
1: i think you're right but uh i was excited for tuesday then
0: at least then i don't have to worry about flipping back and forth i'll, I'll be able to f- nope. totally focus on the women on the women's game uh but yeah overall leagues cup has been a success yeah. oh yeah uh oh, there's been success so many good games uh mm-hmm. U- US teams MLS teams really taking it to the League of MX teams as well some other big results that happened were um you know Vancouver taking Club Leon to penalties <laughs> Leon won 16-15 <laughs> on penalties but then you have uh, Montreal beating Pumas on penalties after a 2-2 draw you have Philly beating Club Tijuana 3-1 uh you have uh, Minnesota, 10-man Minnesota, beating Puebla 4-0. I mean, there's been some really good results that way. And then also in MLS teams facing each other, Orlando beat Houston on penalties, so they have two points. Uh, Austin lost to Maz- uh, Mazatlan, uh, which was not a good result for them. They lose that one 3-1. Dallas took charlotte uh, you know drew charlotte but then charlotte beat them on penalties having some of their young kids take these penalties and they're burying them charlotte was 4 one on penalties some big saves too from the keeper there charlotte looked pretty fun um new york red bulls and new england drew nil nil but red bulls won on penalties rsl blew out seattle three nil i was watching that game the other night and was just amazed at how well rsl was playing and i think part of it you have to look at is uh you know arongo right is now on rsl and he is absolutely playing out of his mind uh, he had uh, a goal in that game he also had um and then he also had you know rubio rubin uh scoring late he also had savarino scoring for rsl but Arango had a really great finish where it looked like there was no shot and it goes like between the keeper and the near post and just to the roof of the net. Absolutely awesome. Uh, So RSL is interesting to me. Portland beat San Jose 2-0. I feel like they play every week. I feel like we've talked about so many Portland San Jose games this year. (laughs) That sounds right. Maybe I'm wrong. No, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, I think they've played like 12 times already. Cincinnati, 3-3 with Kansas City, and they go to penalties. And one thing that was interesting about this game is SKC had a 2-0 lead 12 minutes into this game. Then they get a Polito red card in the 30th minute. An own goal goes in to give Cincy a, a chance here in the 34th minute. And then Brandon Vasquez scores in the 56 to make it 2-2, and you're like, "Holy crap, this is going to be insane!" SKC is totally given up. Gabby Kinda gets a penalty, scores it in the 69th minute. Nice, 3-2 is the score then. And then Luciano Acosta steps up in the 80th, 90th plus eight with a penalty kick to make it 3-3. And then they go to penalty kicks, and Luciano Acosta takes the first one and converts it. And then uh, Sporting misses their last two, and Miazga scores uh, to seal it for Cincy. Huge. Even though this has nothing to do with the league, I think this shows the mental toughness of Cincinnati, Logan, that they were down 2 0. Yeah, a red card happens, but they claw their way back out to make it 2 2. They go down again. They claw themselves back up to score again. Yes, a penalty. And then they go to penalties and completely. Dominate in the penalty shootout. I mean, how tough is the Cincinnati? Team? I feel like they got to be. They're the best team in MLS this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you lose a guy like Brenner and and a guy that was a staple last year, um, and you go, okay, well, there there might be some regression. But even like games like this, where they they, I mean, clearly, uh, you know, Sporting Kansas City was was battling, competing well with them, um, and possibly a game that uh, Cincinnati loses the last couple of years. But it, it again, it just. It, you start to see the tide shift on a really good team when they can win matches like this, like matches that they might not be fully into matches that, you know, the other team puts up a good fight and probably deserves a win, but they can't get the three points because Cincinnati just, I mean, it, it is, it's, just, it's a matter of talent. Barry looks fantastic. Like the fact that they've used him effectively in different positions that they've used him in, it's kind of like this Swiss army knife who does everything um, in, if it's not for Lucho Acosta, I mean, we're, we're talking about Bariel easily being the, the MVP of this team. Um, but again, they, they're just so deep. Uh, and when you go and add different pieces, like their new striker, like it, it just, something about this team feels different. And I think defensively, they look a lot better than they had uh, in years past. And the attack, I don't think misses anything. So yeah, I, it just, it's amazing how quickly this thing has turned around. And I, I think you give a lot of um credit um i think to pat noonan and albright like I, I think it it just it seems like they've got this thing fixed and it's they've they've pretty much taken that blueprint and we've seen this in baseball and we talk about this all the time jordan they've taken that philadelphia union blueprint and duplicated a similar situation here in cincinnati and have where owner not getting-
0: that will spend more than the union too that right. we can't yes. get that That's because true. that can take this approach to a whole new level for albright in cincinnati
1: Yep. But it, it is, it's like a, it's, it is that sense of success. Like they, they've built a culture. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that Pat Noonan, that uh, Ernst Tanner, that, you know, Jim Curtin, that like that group of people, they know how to build a successful and winning team. And you got to have guys that know how to win. And if you don't have that, you're not going to be successful. It's the same thing in LA. Like I, I think LAFC's created a culture now where they can, they can leave off and, and, get rid of Chicho and like all these players. And and it's still fine because, you know, Steve Trundolo now has this winning culture. Bob Bradley had that winning culture there. It's all about that fit. And I think that's what Cincinnati has now.
0: So I guess a question I have before we continue talking about scores, because you mentioned LAFC who are on a buy until the round of 32. Um, are Um Is that good having a buy for this long while everybody goes through group stages? I feel like, they're going to be out. They got to be continuing practicing and stuff, but I, I feel like I don't know what to think of how, how LAFC and, Pue- and was it Pue- oh, No, not um. it is uh, I'm, I'm lost now. <laughs> Who was decide. it for Pachuca, right? Um,
1: yes. Pachuca. Yeah.
0: Okay, I almost said Puebla, but they just got destroyed by Minnesota. Um, I really wonder how those two are going to look with uh, this long rest. Cause it's going to be extra long, right? I mean, cause I think the, the group stage ends uh, on the 31st. So you still have another week before. Yeah, they start on August 2nd. That's right. Uh, so August 2nd is when LAFC plays. So they still, they still got a bit until they kick off. And the game started on Friday. And then you had the All-Star break that whole week last week so they haven't played a game since probably like the 15th of july that's a long time
1: yeah and i think too i mean you look at the west the west is pretty compact at the top now that that RSL's come out of nowhere um and <laughs> have started to chase down lafc seattle's chasing down lafc austin's gotten a little bit back into the mix get, minnesota's right like outside
0: that. the playoff spot uh, it's all kind of bunched right. up yeah, St.
1: Louis has been good, kind of in a weird spot. Like, they'll, they'll win a good stretch of games, and then they'll lose a couple. And so, yeah, the West is kind of congested. So, I, I, it makes you think, Jordan, too. It's like, we talked about this. Which teams, as they get deeper into the competitions, like, do they start to rest players? And I, I I think the answer is no. I think we've gotten some pretty sound lineups from a lot of the teams that we thought maybe could take a little bit of a break. Like, Orlando throughout out one of their best starting 11s. So, it, it just... I think again it seems like these teams are willing to compete in this competition now the, the question will be is is the, if you know if they draw and they go to penalties and they get that one point like is that when you know maybe teams go okay if we get through we get through but let's not play our you know full 11 give them a little bit of a break It is interesting though because you got <laughs> you got the summer transfer window so you got all these this influence of talent coming from Europe who haven't been playing um, and we've been playing. And they're kind of incorporating them as kind of like this preseason, like a Messi and a Busquets and anybody coming from the European side of game, of the game. If they're not an MLS, or are coming from outside. They haven't been playing uh, if they're on that side. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, but I'll tell you what, it, this this weekend's stretch of games, like, man, like, it was like one good one after the next, after the next, after the next. And I'll tell you what, it looks like the MLS, and I know we're playing on home soil, so it does help. But I... I'm telling you, I think MLS can really compete now at this level. Like, League of Mackeys is a huge league. Like, it is globally recognized as a good league. Um, so it's it's amazing to me that MLS is now up there competing with some of the best teams that this league has to offer. So,
0: Yeah, well, uh, Columbus beat St. Louis 2-1 yesterday, and Nashville beat Colorado 2-1. Atlas beat New York City FC 1-0 and then went full Nazi on Twitter. Did you see this at all? Uh, this <laughs> Okay, so so NYCFC equalized, and it was called back due to offside. NYCFC fans were not happy about this. The official Atlas account came out and started quoting Joseph Goebbels from uh, the Nazi regime. Uh, <laughs> and they had to issue an apology. The tweet's still up, by the way. But uh, <laughs> it was pretty wild uh this all happened like this morning and um yeah so (laughs) whoever was in charge of the atlas uh twitter account is probably fired at this point
1: yeah no longer in charge of the twitter (laughs)
0: account. (laughs) geez
1: yeah you don't throw nazi around very often like i wasn't ready to hear that word on this podcast i didn't know we were gonna
0: you know what the tweet might be deleted now hold on
1: they finally got the access to the account. The guy probably hid it from them.
0: I don't see that's it long. anymore. Okay, they may have deleted it. Then that may have been an oversight for them. But that's good. No, um, yeah, need any. Oh. yeah, they they like were quoting wow. Joseph Goebbels uh, some line he says about lying or something, and they were blaming the media on something. I don't know. It's kind of very confusing, especially because it's translated. You know, you have to click the translate mm-hmm. button and everything, but my god um yeah so that was <laughs> that was making the rounds today so there you go um but yeah league's cup a success so far what do you say I, i've really enjoyed watching these games i think uh, now i've i've been watching more of the Liga of uh mls teams playing each other than i have the all mls matchups but like i said i did watch rsl seattle i watched portland san jose um, Uh, columbus st louis last night because that started so much later so i was watching something else originally and then that started so much later due to like a lightning or storm delay that i was ending up able to watch it for um yeah they kicked off at like 10 something or 11 o'clock i think so i think it was around 11 they may have kicked off um so i watched that and uh yeah i'm really excited the Okay, so here's the upcoming games. Let's talk about this. So tomorrow, there's no games tonight. Tomorrow is Miami and Atlanta at 7.30. That's the one I'm really excited for, and that is an all-MLS matchup. But it's Miami, Tata Martino going up against his old team. Joseph Martinez going up against his old team. But they have a new heavy hitter on their squad, a guy you may have heard of called Lionel Messi along with Sergio Busquets are going to be playing. Uh there's this article by Charles Bohm on the MLS site that says uh inner Miami forecast a bigger messy role against Atlanta United. So I don't know, maybe start or maybe he plays longer, comes in at halftime. Like what is what's the idea there? But the more that um uh the more that he plays the better chance they have. Right. And this is only their second game in the cup. That's all you get, right. It's two games. And uh, then they'll have to see what happens between Cruz Azul and Atlanta. But for Miami, they're going to get through their two games pretty quickly here. And if they finish with six points, they're going to be through. It's the top two teams that move on. So that, that's all you need to know. Right, right there. But, I'm really excited to see Messi take the field again. And uh, Busquets especially, I really like his passing ability. I, I, I don't know, just the whole narrative of Atlanta versus Miami, which before never really had anything. Atlanta's rival was Orlando for no reason, except for being a South team. But I think it might blossom into being Miami, right? Because Orlando doesn't put the money in that Atlanta does miami will now you have the former coach you have a former star player it's like ripe i think to become a big southern rivalry
1: you know i'd be interested i was thinking about this too and i was like yeah like orlando they're just gonna bypass them because like they won't they won't spend enough money and i think the the interesting thing about it is i'm interested jordan is is it now going to get in like an arms race you know what i mean like if you look North, they might be the next best team to land one of these giants, because if you think about it, Arthur blanks going to write a huge check to, if he blanks, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, he's going to write an Arthur blank check. Um, but if that's a, if there's a team in the league that I'm going to pinpoint to make one of those signings, it would be somebody like them because they've got Garth Augerway. They've got, the, the resources in behind they're a huge
0: team. name too because of yeah. what they've produced, like producing Almarone to Europe and right. stuff like people will go there. Yeah.
1: Yes. And I think so I think Atlanta is a big draw. Um LA is obviously a big draw. But I'm thinking When we think about cities in the United States, for those that are just joining us, because Messi's over here now and wondering, all right, what's this league all about? Or people that are just getting into league and you and you know American sports, it's New York, it's Atlanta, it's L.A., and it's Miami. Like those are huge cities that a lot of people like to go to that are very competitive in getting huge market players. New York City, I don't, Jordan, I don't think that's that's not a mecca here anymore. Like that, they just don't have. Like NYCFC could be if they wanted to be, but they've just not taken it seriously. since. Once they
0: here. have a stadium, I think they might yeah. have a better shot. Um, yes.
1: When they play in Brooklyn, yes. Uh,
0: yeah, they're going to be playing in Queens, actually. Well, but, Queens, um,
1: same city, I think.
0: Well, yeah, same city, different. <laughs> yeah. Right. <borough>. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll be right next to the Mets stadium. Right. Uh, Yankees yeah. are in the Bronx. but uh, They're
1: used to broken sports up there. They can figure it out together. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so I, I think that NYCFC have a shot. Red Bulls, I mean, the, just the amount of people that were at this League's Cup game was very little. I, I don't know what's, I don't know, man. I, th- the stadium's barely ever full.
1: It's beautiful, too. It's I, a I nice don't stadium. I've been there now. Yeah, I don't get it.
0: It's really great to watch a game there. The atmosphere yeah. is they great. They've got a
1: passionate fan base, but they just don't want to come out because it, it's been so poor. Like, yeah, I feel like it's but just you also so have poor.
0: the people in New York that are never going to travel there. Yeah, right? It's Jersey. It's like, how dare they? I have, I have no clue what's going to happen with Red Bulls. I, at one point, this team's probably going to fold. There's and, Unless if they can bring in a messy type player, a Neymar, an Mbappe, a big name that is going to be able to sell seats, I don't I don't think Red Bulls can survive uh, unless if they sell the team from Red Bulls and they go back to like the Metro stars and they kind of lose this identity of being a farmer team, which I think also hurts a bit. But when they had Terry Henry and they had Tim Cahill, they were that place was pretty packed nowadays. Nobody shows up and it's quite sad. I mean, obviously, part of that is that the team's not good, but even when they are good, it's not the same anymore. Um, So I'm not really sure how to fix that. I don't really understand what's going on there. I I do think adding NYCFC has hurt um, because the people that were pro soccer and not wanting to leave New York may have switched allegiances. Of course, you're going to have some people that never switch allegiances, but you're also going to have some that do, right? That are like, it's more convenient to go down to Yankee Stadium or go down to met's stadium you know city field and then oh now we're gonna get our own place in queens oh that's cool like it's so much easier probably so much more convenient with local um you know public transportation stuff and because nycfc sells pretty well i mean before you had all of those people going to harrison right to, to go see um the red bulls And now they don't even have a draw, really, right? Like I said, there's no Terry Ray anymore. There's no, there's none of that. Really worried about the future of of the New York Red Bulls. Hopefully they just get sold and become a different team again. Bring back the Metro Stars. Stop being a feeder team. Because we don't want feeder teams when we finally arrive, right? Like when we reach the level of what we think Messi can take this league to, we don't want these teams just feeding to new uh red bull salzburg or red bull leipzig you know we want these teams to be the premier destination and that's probably a downside with nycfc as well they've been selling players but um they also sometimes do spend so uh, i don't know i'm i'm you're always going to send some players overseas, right? Because that is the pipeline we have overseas will always be more popular due to the champions league and stuff like that. But when Messi changes this league and we do become that destination league at some point, whether 20, 50 years down the line, it is, they would be like Logan. This would be like, if for some reason, the, the Mets were just constantly selling their players to the Japanese baseball league. And had no stars, no bankable stars at all. When you're at the top level, when you are the major league, you do not want to be sending your players, your big names, constantly far away. And unfortunately, that's what always happens with with the Red Bulls now. All right, uh, we also have Santos Laguna and Houston at 830. That's free, by the way, on Apple TV. It's also on Unimas and FS1. Um. I don't think any of these Miami games are going to be free, by the way. Uh, Dallas and uh, uh, Nakasa is on Apple TV at 930. Not free. Uh, Mazatlan and Juarez are free at 930. And then LA Galaxy versus Club León is on Apple TV. It's also on FS1. It's also free on Apple TV. So that's tomorrow's games. Wednesday, you get Montreal versus DC in an old-fashioned East matchup here. That's at 7.30. New York City S- uh, FC versus Toronto, that's 7.30. That's also free on Apple TV. Philadelphia versus Queretaro uh, is at 7.30. San Luis and New England Revolution is free on Apple TV at 7.30. Monterey and RSL is at 9.30. And then Tigris and Portland is at 11 o'clock on Wednesday. It's free on Apple TV. It's also on Unimas and FS1. Thursday, we have uh, Chivas versus Cincinnati at 8 o'clock. Minnesota United versus Chicago. That's free. Nashville and Toluca at 8.30. And at 10 o'clock, Club America and St. Louis on Apple TV uh, for free and Unimas and FS1. Saturday, July 29th, Cruz Azul versus Atlanta. That is free and also on Univision. Uh, Nakasa versus Charlotte at 7.30 on Apple TV. Santos Laguna and Orlando, 7.30. Austin versus Juarez at 8.30. That's free. Pumas versus DC United at 9 o'clock. That is free on Apple TV and it's also on Univision. And then LA Galaxy versus Vancouver, At ten thirty, then on Sunday we have Atlas vs Toronto at seven thirty, Red Bulls vs San Luis at seven thirty. That is free. Tijuana vs Queretaro at seven thirty. Monterey vs Seattle at nine o'clock. That is free on Unimas and FS One. Tigres vs San Jose at eleven. And then Monday, July thirty first, the group stage wraps up with Club America. Columbus at 8 o'clock. Puebla versus Chicago at 8:30. Toluca versus Colorado at 9:30. That's free. And Chivas versus SKC at 10 o'clock on Apple TV for free. And Unimas and FS1. A mouthful. Lots, lots of games coming up here. But that'll be the whole group stage. And then August 2nd will start the round of 32. That's the uh you'll have one day off. That is the 1st of August and then August 2nd. We'll start that. All right, let's kind of move on to the U.S. Women's National Team here in the World Cup. The World Cup has started. The U.S. Women beat Vietnam. uh, Was that 3-0 over Vietnam? I probably thought they would have scored more goals, but they looked pretty sharp in that first half. What are your thoughts, Logan, on this uh, young... The young forwards, especially, but just uh, this kind of mix of a young and old team here that the us has
1: yeah and I, I think that was a big concern obviously coming into it um i think a lot of people thought you know it, it's an interesting mix of players um so you have alex morgan right I, I think a lot of people will know from the past teams um that have played in this competition um but i i think ultimately like there was concern about if the inexperience could really take down the U.S. women's national team, like, are we still the heavy favorites to kind of go away with this competition? But I mean, if you look up and down the lineup still, I mean, it's a stacked lineup. Sophia Smith, um, first and foremost, um, woman of the match, an unbelievable performance. For the first time, stepping in a World Cup tour, like, uh, you know, lacing up the boots for the first time in the World Cup. um, It's got to be a an exhilarating feeling. It's got to be an anxious feeling. You've got to be scared at some point. Right. I, I mean, the, the poor girl, I mean, just, I, I can't imagine all the emotions that she's going through. Um, but to deliver that first goal. And I think that that's ultimately what she needed. She needed a quick goal. Um, and I think when she gets that, that, that confident and you can just see it though, like you can tell she's used to playing in really strange situations. She's used to playing um, at the top level. Um, she's, uh, a younger player so i but i still think like the confidence is uh, astronomical compared to like what some of the younger players are um on any side of the game so again i i thought she looked great um she's probably one of my favorite players to watch um she's just i don't know she's got so much energy she, she ran the whole time pressing up front causing problems uh, in their midfield like it, it just seems like she's had she's the next one up like you have alex morgan who became her and Megan Rapino. it's the people that you think about when you think about this, this women's national team. But now you're really starting to kind of get that shift into some of these younger players. And you've got players that are hurt that would normally be in the starting 11. But you've got, I mean, Lindsay Horan looked good. I thought um, Andy Sullivan looked really good in the midfield. So uh, it's just, it's amazing to me. And I know you you were really high on on Julie Ertz um, because I think the the fact that she... Is able to bounce back so quickly um, after a pregnancy. Like I can't yeah, imagine what. Yeah, they said 344
0: days yeah. uh, yes. from when she'd given birth to being able to play in a World Cup, which is a whole different level than yeah. if you're just playing a normal game. And I mean, that's insane. Yeah.
1: So, but again, the whole performance. And like you said, though, I I, I expected more goals. So I think there's still some there's some room for improvement. I thought they had so many chances that they could have put away. Um, I know Lindsay Horan had a whole stretch of like four minutes where she had a couple chances to volleyball and just couldn't get behind it. Like, I think it happened three times um, where she had it kind of bounce away from the keeper and could have just smashed it home. And then finally she does. Finally, she's like to hell with this. I'm going to put it in the back of the net finally. So um, the, uh, they look Jordan, they look good. Like they're deep still. And, you know, I know the rest of the countries are catching up to us, but like, it's really hard to compete with a trinity rodman or you know a sophia smith uh, to have julie Ertz to be able to kind of shift around the midfield and also the defensive back line that's impressive Alyssa thompson who's a young kid um did you hear her story she played with men like she mm-hmm. played in mls uh the academies with the men's side and was dominant in the men's side like it led in scoring on the team and then they wow. moved her to the women's side and she's just absolutely so she came on um late and she look. I mean, I, I think it's going to take a little bit for her to get kind of used to it, but coming off, you know, coming on in a World Cup match is not easy. Like, I think we see that even in the men's side too. Like, a Wandelowski coming in, like, that's yeah, just not yeah. easy. Like, you, you, you have these late moments. Um, so I, I'm glad they're getting it. Um, you forget that Rose Lavelle's even on the team and they put her on. It's like this team, Megan Rapinoe on late, like, it's unbelievable. Kelly O'Hara didn't even play, Huerta didn't play. Like, it, it just. It's just like, or no, Kelly did come on late. Um, and so to where it's because like, they came on, I think, like 84th. But anyway, like, it's just not a lot of this team's yeah. stacked. Yeah, this team's stacked.
0: Yeah, you know, this was uh, we did get a penalty called that Alex Morgan missed, but this was a pretty clear penalty. I can't believe it took one that they didn't call up, but it looked like the ref didn't have a good view of it. But it was uh, somebody took out Trinity Robin, and then it took forever. With the VAR on this, I'm not even sure why. I was like, <laughs> I was getting real. The f- whole time. I was getting so yeah. frustrated. I was getting so frustrated. Logan. Joy would probably be able to tell you that because I'm sitting there. I'm like, boom, penalty, boom, penalty. I'm like, why does it take so long? Bam, penalty. Like I've seen it five times. I saw it the first time I knew it was a penalty. They watch it for like 15 times. It was like five to six minutes. And it, what ended up happening is each end of the half would have like nine minutes of stoppage time due to these. Uh, decisions but what i do like and i don't know if this is something that's going to stay in the men's side too but when they come out and describe what's going on instead of just using hand signals they're like after further review it's a penalty i'm like great baseball changed that with the challenge system because they used to just do hand motions too like and you're like i don't know what that means but you know like when they can describe it the way that football refs are describing it that is so much more clear and i really like that uh getting a definitive like decision and and them telling us why uh i hope that sticks i hope that's something that we see in like 2026
1: yeah i, I like it it's transparency in the game too i hope it comes to all the leagues like i, I just at this point because it just It clarifies so much, and you're just like, I don't know what they're saying. Like, I don't know what you're what you're talking about. Like, come out and explain it. Like, so many uh, different offside calls could be like, yeah, like the the forward player had an elbow that was offside. Like, that's what ultimately the determinant factor was. And it's so much clarity. And then people aren't complaining about the calls because they're like, oh yeah, because they described it. So, yeah, no, I was a huge fan, and I thought that the. The crew did a great job. Like I thought, like the line judge was really good on that. I think it was the Alex Morgan call. Like she was just offside, and they caught it. I was like, wow, that was some really good. But
0: they were um, wrong. Yeah, they, they they made it that's a true, goal. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. So. And that's like. Forever. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. I I thought it was well done. I thought, uh, I don't know. I just I love World Cup so much. I know. So like, so much fun. It, it just. It sucks. So it's excited. on a
0: really bad time. Like, I, I woke yes. up this morning and there was a seven o'clock game. So I watched that, yep. like, uh, you know, a little bit before work and stuff because yep. I'm here and it was good. And, you know, uh, at that point, though, like, I think Brazil won like three nothing, four nothing. But uh, USA, right now, top of the table in their group, which is Group E, it's USA one win, three points, three goal differential. While Netherlands is in 2nd with 3 points, 1 goal differential as they beat Portugal um, 1-0. Portugal is in 3rd with a negative 1 goal differential and 0 points. And Vietnam in 4th with 0 points and negative 3 goal differential. Around the rest of the World Cup, Group A, Switzerland and New Zealand currently in the top of that group. Each one with 3, while Norway and Philippines have 0 points. Group B, Australia is in first with uh, three points. Canada and Nigeria split their points, so they're sitting with one each, and Ireland has zero. Japan and Spain sit top of Group C with three points each. Uh, Japan uh, beat Zambia 5-0, and Spain beat Costa Rica 3-0. Denmark and England are top of Group D with three points each. Both of their teams uh, won 1-0 over China and Haiti. Group F is Brazil on top with three points. They scored four today. They beat Panama 4-0. France and Jamaica split uh, their points. They each have one that game Ended 0-0. Group G, Sweden and Italy lead the top of the groups here 3 points points each South Africa and Argentina with zero points and group H so far I think has only had the one game which is Germany has three points and Morocco has zero Colombia and Korea Republic I guess we'll start uh this morning or tonight uh let me see what time the next game is oh 10 p.m. 10 p.m. tonight. So we can unwind with some, uh, since there is no League's Cup, we can unwind with some Women's World Cup, Colombia, South Korea, 10 o'clock on FS1 and Universal, uh, Universio and Peacock because of the Spanish rights. But, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I love anytime uh, a World Cup or a tournament is on, like the Euros and Copa America and stuff like that. I'm really excited to see how this all continues. All right, so we had a busy week. That was a lot of games to talk about. Uh, we don't have to worry about standings in MLS right now because it's on pause. Anything else you want to talk about before we jump out of here?
1: Mm, not that I can think of. I think it was just a, it was a U.S. women's national team high and a, a messy high. So it it really was just like, I mean, I know we were both texting back and forth on Friday. I mean, it was the most excited I've been since I think the Men's World Cup. So, um, I mean, it's been <laughs> it's been nonstop in this country, and I, I think Jordan just to, to kind of like wrap up the conversation on of all of it, just how massive this all is for our sport here in the states. Like, U.S. Women's National Team has always been a juggernaut, and I think people are now so like I don't know if you guys saw the crowds in in uh, Kansas City and D.C. For the women's national team like there were massive crowds um because people love watching it because they're so good they're so successful they're well coached it's i don't know they they seem so much more tight-knit than when we watch the men's team like i don't know what it is about i think because they've all been together for so long because they all start so young a lot of the women's team it just feels more like a culture like a fan like it it's a team i love getting behind um so that's always fun and then you know if we win this world cup say With the women's national team, which we we have a good chance to do so with the talent that we have. You've got Messi playing in this league, and I think Giants are following him. I think Suarez comes, I do think, you know, we get maybe some more European players kind of shifting over from um, their clubs, uh, hopefully this summer than the winter. Um, I think you've got even in the prospects of like three or four years, you've got uh, a Neymar that I think will will be ready to kind of try out the league. Like I I do. I think that there's a lot of things. And think about all the groundwork that Messi, uh, like a player like Messi lays, right? Uh, You know, the fact that David Beckham gets Messi, those are two huge stars. Obviously, Messi, probably arguably the best player to ever do it. David Beckham, the best English player to ever do it, pretty much. Like you've got all these stars aligning and then the 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 attention they'll bring like just having like you text me and said sergio aguero was at the match like you know how many players that sergio has played with that or or like young players that looked up to sergio and Lionel and sergio and all these barcelona guys like it's only a matter of time before all those players attention starts to shift to the united states and i think this is huge like leading up into 2026 I don't think that this could have been any better. Um, the fact that Lionel Messi, the best player to ever uh, lace up boots, um, the fact that U.S. women's national team is so good, the fact that the U.S. men's national team has so much promise, like it just feels like it. it if you were on board before you got on at the right time, I think, because I think it's going to be a, a propel upward from here because it'll be a lot of exciting stuff going on in the United States as far as soccer is concerned.
0: Yes, and a report came out today that uh, MLS season pass is approaching 1 million subscribers, a number that includes the season tickets holders, and MLS expects that number to balloon even further thanks to Messi. Of course, World Soccer Talk has to try to make a big deal out of that, but, you know, Apple and MLS keep saying how happy they are to be in bed together, and I guess that's all that really matters. (laughs) Um, And that number will absolutely balloon thanks to Messi worldwide. For sure um i mean so many football accounts and soccer accounts were sharing that video from mls and apple uh with that goal and none of it was some people were remarking about the goalkeeping but it's like what what the hell are you even talking about uh that's a tough thing to save and then also
1: did you see some of the goalkeepers come out though and say, I wouldn't have gotten to that. Like to hell with that. Right, like I right. never would have touched that there. was, And then I forget who it was, but somebody tweeted, I think it was one of the goalkeepers that goes, trust me, I've tried to stop that before. and <laughs> It's never worked very well for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, and then you had some people think that they like people that were trying to put down MLS is like trying to say like, well, that's the defending in the league. It's like, it was against Cruz Azul. I mean, <laughs> like people have no clue what they're talking about, but whatever. Um, I'm really excited for the future of this. I'm very happy with where we are uh, in the league and the league's cup and all that good stuff. So really looking forward to talking to you next week and, uh, or maybe next week. Right, right. Right. You're still good for next week or not. Okay. Yeah,
1: So good for next week.
0: Yep. <laughs> I was going to say uh, for next week and kind of catch up on the progress that uh, the league's cup happens. Uh, we'll be almost through the group stage. The last games will be kicking off that night. And then, um, The women will be playing their games, too, uh, throughout the next um, few days, I think. So really excited. Really good spot. You can follow us at Stateside Show on Twitter, which is now X. I don't know. Who knows anymore what's going on with that? Facebook, uh, threads, Instagram. All of those links are in the show notes below. Have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you next time.